you're not doing anyone a favor. I've made that mistake before by thinking like, well, I'll just do them a favor by going on another date when I know for sure I don't want to see them anymore. It's not doing them a favor. You are doing them a favor by being direct and no longer wasting their time with a text. Welcome back. This is not for everyone. I'm a hater. So they say, just as a lover. So they say, tell me a story, lover. What's up? They've said it. They've said it. I'm, I'm a lover. I'm a lover. No, it's true. It's true. But I'm engaging in some hater behavior recently. Nuance. I've started binge watching Succession for the first time. Everybody was obsessed with this show. I get that I'm late to the party. I just like nothing spoke to me about it while it was on TV and while people were, people were watching it. And uh, recently I've run out of reality dating content. So I was like, I guess I have to go elsewhere. So I've been watching it and it makes me <laughs> it's feel It's a lot really... like that. Secession is a lot like reality <laughs> dating content. I love that. Maybe that's your next step. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nowhere else to go. <laughs> and people like have said like, oh, it's funny. You might like it. It makes me feel so bad about myself it makes me feel like i'm the one doing bad things to my family and the world that's funny maybe because i'm binging it i feel like everybody else watched it like week after week and so they got some space from it but i'm like in it right now i watched all of season one um over the weekend yeah which is a lot that's of a lot. consuming <laughs> terrible people <laughs> I don't know why. I So I was super into Secession. I don't watch a lot of TV. And that was like the one show I was watching every week, maybe in the last, you know, however many years. And it never gave me that icky feeling. It it really mm. never did. I just thought it was funny. And I don't know why, because I, I think it's like people have such personal reactions. Like when I watched, everybody was really into what's the Zendaya show? The, the freaking euphoria. Oh, euphoria. And I was like, okay, everyone loves this show. I sat down to watch it. First of all, so engaging, so good, so captivating, so cinematic. Watched like three episodes right in a row, back to back in one evening. And I'd never been more depressed in my life. I was like, I don't know how anyone watches the yeah. show. It was really good. It was good storytelling. And I want to kill myself. Right. Um. So I stopped. So, but I don't know, like everyone has, I never had that reaction with Secession. Oh, my God. People keep asking me, like, do you like it? And I'm like, I don't know. Did you like it? Like, I'm not, love it. I'm not I'm not enjoying myself, but I am actively watching this show. Like <laughs> there is a difference in my mind of liking a show and binge watching it until I hate myself. Oh, and I'm more on that side of things with this show. OK, OK. I think it feels more like my family. <laughs> not that we're. We're, I actually am in a super supportive family. We really support each other. The comp, there's no, there's not a lot of child competition at all, but mm. we're all very like sassy and zippy and bitey. Um, yeah. So maybe that's why I'm just like, this is fun. This is a fun family dinner. I mean, if anything, it's making me like, oh, maybe I should be more like this. Maybe no, wait, I should just wait. like <laughs> say the thing that's on my mind. That's what I'm saying. It's making me feel like a bad person. I'm considering things I wouldn't otherwise consider. You're getting Because influenced. this show. Yeah. It's like alluring. It's like, oh, they talk to their dad that way. Like, OK. OK, um, go off. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really tripping me up. I I don't usually watch shows the, of this nature. Like I didn't watch Euphoria. 
I'm not watching Succession until now. Um, I never watched serious shows. I didn't. I know this is a little different, but I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Like, I'm just not on the bandwagon of like these HBO like sexy, scary dramas sexy, that make scary. you feel like. <laughs> you're in a dark room oh that's like, so good Jess I wish HBO would just update <laughs> their tagline to sexy scary nothing is more sex- accurate it's sexy scary it's what's sexy, the other scary. show that's, that's on HBO <laughs> Cox and laughs that's all they're putting out I guess I did watch White Lotus um but I was also late okay. to that I watched it like also sexy scary very sexy scary very, very sexy, sexy scary. scary and again that was another one I think I I think I did like White Lotus like it I think about it all the time it lives in my thoughts whether I want it to or not. But like it definitely while I was watching it didn't feel good either. Like it. Yeah. It's this creepiness and this cringiness and this like just being faced with harsh realities of gross rich people in our world. I don't know. It just it was too much. I think White Lotus sometimes depressed me more. I also enjoyed White Lotus a lot, but I think it made me sadder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not doing well. I'm not <laughs> doing well but i will finish all five seasons and i will dig myself out after oh my god watch the office after what are you gonna be like at the end of this i don't know i think i'm gonna be like i hope i'm like roman roman roy on succession (laughs) in what way if i come out like one of them i want to be like him um he's silly he doesn't take himself too seriously but also does because they all take themselves seriously I don't know. He's like mischievous, but ultimately he just wants to be loved and accepted. And I think all of them kind of do in well, a way. Well, that's what I feel about all of them. I think that's kind of what makes it softer to me is like, it's so clear. It's compelling. That everyone just like needs their daddy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I need my daddy. I need your daddy. I know you need him. We all need my daddy. <laughs> Wait, I called. Okay. This is a huge This is a huge thing to reveal right now. Okay. I called my dad, daddy, on the phone. Oh, no. Like a month ago. Oh, no. It just came out. I haven't done that in years. It just came out. Wow. (laughs) It was so, it was really harrowing. I'm uncomfortable. Talk about sexy, scary. (laughs) Right. Right. Did you guys hook up? I wasn't even watching Succession at the time. No, I think we both hung up the phone like, we're not going to talk for a week. Like, let's give this space. Daddy! (laughs) No! No! I was in a really emotionally vulnerable place. (laughs) (laughs) The only time that's allowed is if your father is actively inside of you. That is not okay. (laughs) That is not okay. That is not okay. Daddy (laughs) is something you say right before you orgasm. You don't say it to a a father. Listen, I'm well aware. I just, it just happened. And um, maybe I was getting my context messed up, like context switching. I don't know if I was with my boyfriend right beforehand. I don't know. I don't don't know know if that makes it better, Jess. I don't know if that makes it better. Oh no! What was the sentence? Give us the sentence. Can you reenact the moment? No, I think I it. it I think this. it was like something this. sweet. It was like thank you, daddy. Like no, it was like no. it was like thanks, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was like a more tender. It was tender. No, it was God. Slow. God. 
<laughs> watching you go into character right now, if you're not watching on YouTube, you have to go to watch Jess getting into character to reenact this terrible moment she had with her dad. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know. We, we were having an emotional conversation, and at the end of it, I was like, thanks, daddy. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> As it came out of my mouth, I was like, no, come back, come Immediate back, come back. Immediate vomit into my nostrils. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, I have to go. <laughs> I have to never talk to you again. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you're that person who regularly calls your father daddy and you feel good about it, that's fine. That's fine. This podcast isn't for you, but that's fine. That's fine. I don't know if that's fine. The thing is that I actually don't use it sexually, but I know that enough people do. Like, I, I know that I also shouldn't use it with my dad. Like, it's a word. Yeah. That I shouldn't use, that I won't use in any context. Papa, my poppy. My, oh, God. Now, well, now you can't take all the words. You can't take all of them away from me. I do have to talk to my dad. <laughs> I call my dad pa a lot. That that feels safe. That's cute. Yeah, I think it's cute. I call my dad dad. I call my dad dirty little boy. <laughs> what if I said something? What if I said something so much worse than daddy? Yeah. I call my dad filthy cum dumpster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, people hate listening to this podcast. Anyway, mm. I think incest jokes are funny. I'm not going to stop. Sometimes when I make incest jokes, I feel like I have to apologize. And I've decided just now I'm never going to apologize. No, that's why you like Succession. Like, <laughs> that's why you like HBO Sexy Scary. <laughs> Yeah. It makes sense. They there there are more like you because they're producing content Stop. for you. <laughs> Speaking of incest, I and <laughs> our previous conversation, part two of like parents who kiss their children. Right. That's a previous episode. Go back and listen. It was an episode. I don't remember. Pretty recent. It's like in the 40s. Yeah. TLDR. TLDR. <laughs> the 1940s. TLDR. We oh, yeah. um don't like we are we don't stand. Parents who kiss their no. adult children on the lips, on the lips. Why? What are you losing by just kissing them on the cheek? You better be standing when that happens. Okay. You just said we don't stand. Yes. We just... Listen, if that's going to happen, roll. you better be standing. <laughs> okay. Numbers of session for you. Yeah. But I saw a video of David Beckham kissing his teenage or adult daughter right on the lips. And I was really moved by that because I also watched the David Beckham documentary that came out on Netflix oh. and it was very endearing. And I'm really in love with David Beckham and Victoria Beckham right now. And okay. so listen, I still. You're changing your tune. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I would like to use David Beckham as an example to be like, you can be a person who I love and adore and also, you have repulsed me. But that doesn't mean that I love and adore you any less. It's okay to just, like, sometimes we repulse each other. Sure. This, is what it, this is what I mean to say. I was surprised by the number of people who wrote in and tried to defend the kissing of the, of the parents. Maybe they have hot dads. Maybe their dads are really hot. That's fair. I get it. If I get it, if anyone gets it, it's me. Um, calling my dad daddy. <laughs> One of my exes wrote in, like, not in, like, a serious act. Someone I used to date. Wrote in to tell me that my dad was really attractive. Wrote into the podcast or wrote into you? Uh, wrote into me. Wow. Did you, what did you, did you respond? I didn't know how to respond to it. <laughs> what? So thank you. That opens so many questions. Yeah, I really didn't know what to say. Is he trying to come on to you again? Like, and you are your dad's seed. 
don't think so. I don't know what those leaps would be. Um, you, you're hot like a hot ma- older man. I know. I don't know how well that works. Wow, that's so interesting. I'm. I actually am speechless. I don't know what to even make of that. It was not Steve. No way. Yeah. Oh. Wow, remember him? Yeah, I know. Remember OG podcast listeners, not Steve? I was thinking about him the other day, actually, because I was just thinking about... (laughs) I think I was thinking about, like, you and Justin, and then I was thinking about, oh, like, remember people Caroline dated before that? And then I was like, oh, yeah. slugs I dated before? Yeah. Oh, Justin is king. Justin is king. (sighs) Um, Wait, shoot. I just had, like, 700 thoughts come into my head and leave them in the last 60 seconds that's impressive (laughs) i wish if you could be in there right now and like have seen how that all like rushed and then disappeared (laughs) your mind would be blown are you saying those (laughs) thoughts are gone now Mm -hmm. oh shoosh very much so should we just get into the what to do's yeah we think we've wasted people's time enough what to do do we need to explain what what to do is I feel like I'm tired of explaining it because we've done so many what to do episodes. But at the same time, we get messages where I don't know if people really understand. Maybe you're new. Maybe you haven't listened to our last 50 episodes. But what to do's, first of all, it started because I tripped over my words and I was trying to say the phrase what to do. But maybe I was drunk. Maybe I was high. Maybe I was sleepy. We'll you never know. You were sober, Jess. You were sober during a recording. You were completely sober. And I tripped over my words and I said, what to do? And Caroline stopped me and made fun of it and laughed. And it was like, it was a moment. It was a moment. It was in one of our earliest episodes. You got to go find it and listen to it. Anyway, we decided to call our advice column, what to do. Yeah. Because it's not really what to do. It's what to do. It's just us talking. Yeah, so everyone relax and just like snuggle up and get on board and it's what to do and you're going to be fine. You're going to survive it. Can we just say what happened? Yeah, just say it. Somebody wrote in and I guess they're listening now. Somebody wrote in and was like, why are you using gangster slang for what to do? That's that's like uh, whatever. Uh, I don't know if they were saying it was like appropriation. I was like, I don't think that's what they were saying. Is that what they were saying? I think what they were trying to say was because the message was longer than that. And it was them saying, like, you are two beautiful, educated young women. She called and me the beautiful. fact that you're, I mean, true, stop right there. She called me beautiful. I'm listening. You can stay. And, and the fact that you're, like, using gangster terminology and listening to rap is just not becoming of you. That was the energy. I don't know what the exact words message. were. It was a crazy message. It was wild. I was like, I think you're confused. <laughs> I think you're confused. Yeah, that's not what what to do is, but I wish I knew gangster terminology because <laughs> I would drop be- some phrase right here, right now and be like, yeah, what to do is not that, but fucking gangster fuckers. terminology. Enter gangster terminology yeah. here. <laughs> we're, yeah. so, we're so gangster that I'm going to use the phrase gangster terminology. I think probably that phrase mm. is the most gangster thing about me. Do you see what my hair is doing right now, by the way? Yeah, I didn't. I was like looking away from it, if I'm being honest. All right, you. let's do this stupid episode. Okay. <laughs> Look at my hair. What to do about letting them down easy? Yeah. Yeah, this we've gotten a lot of messages over the last year with like a similar question and a similar situation to this one. She goes, what to do? 
okay, I've never really dated before. This And this guy asked me out and I went and it was like, meh. And so I don't really want to hang out with him again. But I spent a day trying to convince myself that I liked him. So I made follow up plans with him and I'm going to go and do them. But after that, do I need to break up with him? We aren't dating and I just sort of drift off into oblivion. What are the rules? Also, we are about to go on break and I don't see us hanging out over break. So do I have to say something or can I just sort of disappear? Love you. Love you too, baby cakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think you owe anyone, anyone anything that early on in a in a situation, in a dating scenario. That being said, I also don't think it's too hard to just tell someone that you're not interested. And I think you could get some good practice if you were to decide to like just be honest with this person. Um, so I could like make an argument for both sides. The part that really stuck out to me though was the part where she said she didn't really feel it, but then she convinced herself that maybe she was wrong and wanted and went out on a second date. Knowing before even going on the second date that she was like gonna end it anyway. That's something that I feel like is interesting to explore. It's something I've done a bunch of times, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I do get that. And I feel like for me, well, first of all, I would 100% send a text saying I'm not interested in another date. And I wouldn't write it that way. I would 100% tell them. I don't like to um, ghost. I don't care if I owe them anything or not. It's like something I owe to myself as a respectful person. Yeah. And um, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's short. Say something nice. Say something appreciative. It's not what I'm looking for right now. Hey, I had a really nice time. I really thanks. Uh, it was great to have the opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Um, it's uh, I, I don't feel this is the connection I'm looking for, but I wish you all the best. You can immediately if you're scared of their reply, you can immediately block their number because guess what? Mm -hmm. Like plenty of guys will teach you plenty of bad behavior when you're younger will teach you. That you can receive like abusive responses to that. So if you need to block their number after that, fine, I don't care. Um, if they ask you a follow-up question, why, why, why? No, no, that you don't owe them. That you, that's yep. an immature response. That you don't owe them. Um, you send them one text, you're done. And the way I think of it, it, it does suck to be let down. Everybody's going to do it. They're going to survive it. And I think of it as like it's a really important practice, like you said, at getting your reps in with saying difficult things, with communicating mm -hmm. uncomfortable things like even if it's for the next relationship, that is something I needed to work at. So that's how I like kind of amped myself up about it. I'm going to practice saying difficult things in a, you know, zero stake situation because I don't want to see this person again, but I'm still going to practice respecting them and communicating when it's specifically hard to do. And that's how you get better at that. So there's like, there's like a little, a little gift in there is what I think. Yeah. I like that you differentiated, like you don't owe them something, but you owe it to yourself as a person that wants to like be kind and respectful to people. Um, my brain wasn't on for the beginning of this what to do. So I immediately am like, why was that what I said? Because totally what I would do in this situation is what you described. And I've done it many, many times. Write the text, letting them down easy. You can be super appreciative of the time you spent together. And, you know, you're a really nice person, but I just don't feel the type of connection I'm looking for. And like, wish you the best. Like, it's. It's really good to be able to send that text. If you're new to dating, you're going to be sending that text over and over again. And you're going to receive it. Yeah, you're going to survive. 
everyone's going to survive. Like, just get comfortable with it, you know, on both sides. It's much worse. I mean, also, yeah, the, the what you touched on with, like, going on the date when you know you don't want to, you're not doing anyone a favor. I've made that mistake before by thinking, like, well, I'll just do them a favor by going on another date when I know for sure I don't want to see them anymore. It's not doing them a favor. You are doing them a favor by being direct and no longer wasting their time with a text. But I would also temper that with, like, for me, there was a balance between like sometimes I wasn't totally sure even with Justin like first date I thought he was very cute and there's nothing wrong with him but there wasn't a spark there wasn't like good banter right away that took a few Mm -hmm. dates so if you're like uh I don't know maybe I think that can take um a couple dates but if you're And I think it's kind of worth trying, like after two dates, I would feel really sure if I was interested to learn more. But if you're like, if you really know you don't want to see them again, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what I thought of. I've I've talked about this before, but it was exactly the same with me and my boyfriend. Like our first date was good. I thought he was cute. I thought he was nice. We had good conversation, but it wasn't like wow, sparks flying. I definitely want to like have a relationship with this person. And I was trying to get better at kind of what in my head I call the two date rule of Mm. like, just go on the second date and see, and then you can decide you can make a more informed decision. But that being said, there's still many of many a first date that I went on that I knew didn't need a second date to confirm, you know? And so If you're not sure, it's fair game. Dating is getting to know someone. You aren't leading them on by going on a second date unless you're going into that second date knowing. I don't like this person and it's already over before it started. But if you're going on the second date because you really don't know yet, then that's what a second date is for. I agree with what you said earlier when you were like, you don't owe them anything. Like, that's true. I don't think you owe anyone anything. That's where you don't owe them anything. I think you're right. I agree with that. Like, this idea of like, well, if I go on a second date or I go on a third, well, what if I don't like them by the fifth date? It's like, that's what dating is. That's why it's not a marriage. That's why it's not a marriage. You are in allowed to go through the process of figuring it out. And it did seem from this message, like she's writing us before she even goes on this second date about how to break up with this person or end end it with this person which is why I'm like just okay that's fine I'm not shaming you girl like that's a hard thing to figure out and you're new to dating but now that you've maybe had this experience you can see like oh I knew what I wanted to do the whole time and I should have just done it to save myself the stress because now you're worried like how am I gonna go about this date and how am I gonna let him down afterwards like save yourself all of that headache next time and save the person time energy save yourself time energy um because it seems like you you knew like what you wanted after the first you know yeah it's hard you have to trust yourself but it's also hard to like get in touch with that I think it took me time to learn to trust myself like it took practice and in the meantime until I was better in touch with my intuition and trusting my intuition Um, in the meantime, I was unsure. And so long as I was unsure, I would maybe do the second date. And that's how I gained confidence. By the end of the second date, I I usually had more confidence in the decision. And then I had more confidence in my intuition. But if you're going on that second date, 
just because you think it's a favor to somebody. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. to yourself. Yeah, it's okay. This is a little bit tangential, but it reminded me because we do get messages from people kind of in a similar situation. But what they'll say is like, you know, I kind of I know I don't want to date this person, but I. I'm open to like a hookup, casual hookup situation right now. Mm. And so I'm continuing to go on the second date, go on the third date, whatever, because that's really what I'm looking for. And do I owe it to them to break up with them or whatever? You know, if that's a little bit of the motivation in the back of this person's mind, like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't a love connection, but we can like have fun together and go out and drink and kiss and whatever. Um, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're on the same page. Just you communicate know, like, it. Just communicate it. Otherwise, and then you're a they can let you know. Right, exactly. The difference between a fuck boy and a not and just a regular boy. Just a regular that, slut. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, like the rest of us. <laughs> is that they communicate. Like a fuck boy is misleading. hiding their intentions and misleading, yes. Trying you on, yeah. And somebody who's hooking up with a bunch of people or only wants to hook up with you and doesn't want a relationship with you isn't a fuck boy if they're being direct about it and communicating no, with you about it. they're just a vanilla slut. Right. And so in the same way, you're not a fuck girl if that's what you want. Just, just say it. Make sure that they've heard it. Okay, proceed. Or they'll tell you, yeah, that's not for me. So anyway, that's a little bit of a extra bit there. I think that cute bit. I think that kid was, it was cute. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This person wrote in, I'd love advice on how to hook up when you're single and living alone for the first time. I'm so nervous to bring a guy over since I moved out on my own without roommates. I hear you. You should be nervous. <laughs> you should be nervous. It's unsafe. Yeah. You should be nervous. Yeah, that's fair. It It is literally fair. Like, I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't, like, you as a woman have to date differently than a man dates. Yes, you do. And it would be really irresponsible for me to tell you otherwise. It is different. It's incredibly different. Um, I personally would never, ever, ever, for safety reasons, bring someone into my home that I didn't have a decent amount of trust with. Um, even then, it's a risk. Like, obviously, you can still face a lot of risk with somebody that you trust and know. Um, but I would never do it with someone who's even close to being a stranger. Um, and I wouldn't go to their place early on either. There's so many dates that you can do in public with witnesses. Um, if you are beginning to trust that person, you know, however many dates in and you're going to go to their place, I absolutely send my location to a friend i send their photo i send their name i send their address um and most of the time none of that information will be used most of the time it's going to be a good date but you're protecting yourself when the worst happens and you should be thinking about it you have to be if i mean i'm like if you were my sister my little sister my friend like I will yell about this. You have to be thinking about it. Yes, I do think you have to be thinking about it. I think just as women, like 
we're thinking about this stuff all the time. We're thinking about it when we're walking down the street alone, even in daylight. Like we're thinking about we're thinking about our surroundings and having our radar on alert, whether we want to or not. Um, so why wouldn't you apply that to bringing someone into your home? Of course you would. That's even more of a risk. Um, I was going to say the same thing about kind of like sharing location with friends, um, sharing a photo of who you're with, that sort of thing. And also, you know, like you don't have to go home and you don't have to bring them home before you've established like a little bit of that trust, like a little bit. It doesn't have to be on the first date that you go oh my God. back. Oh my God, please. I feel like that's the most unsafe thing you could do. I'm not I talking mean, I've about done it many shaming. times, though. I know, but it's so unsafe. And I think she's kind of asking about that because she's saying like she referred to like hooking up like she she wants to get out there. She wants to hook up. She's single. Like, I think she's in a space maybe where that's that's the culture and that's what she's craving. And I totally get it. Um, and I've many, many times in my life gone home with someone that I didn't have that trust established with. And, you know, everything's been fine for me, but that is lucky. <laughs> and I was being uh, careless in Same. those moments. I'm, I've done it too. You know? I'm not saying We've I haven't done it. done it, but I'm like, yeah. I, I didn't earn staying alive. Like in some <laughs> of the choices I made, there was nothing about it that I earned staying alive. It just like I lucked out. And I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, it does, you, it does happen and you can do it, but I don't know. What do you, how do you protect yourself? There's also like, there's a spectrum between having the best night of your life and being killed, being murdered. <laughs> like there's a spectrum. I've gone home with somebody on a first date and um, went to his place we decided to smoke weed, which like really isn't my thing, but I was just kind of like going along with it because I wanted to have fun that night and he seemed we were hitting it off and whatever. And I got really, really paranoid as a result of smoking and then like couldn't relax, couldn't have fun, like got really scared all of a sudden that I was in this guy's apartment that I didn't know and I was like smoking and I was paranoid and whatever. And it led to like a really awkward and unfortunate like series of events and I ended up leaving and it was all fine I was safe and he didn't do anything wrong but I had put myself in a situation that ended up really uncomfortable for me and I didn't have to do it and it kind of taught me afterwards like okay now I know that like it's not just oh if I go to a guy's house I could get murdered like yes that is true and you should be safe and be aware of that but even like more nuanced little things could happen that are really uncomfortable and um if you don't have trust established then like you're not setting yourself up for a good time <laughs> you know the worst sexual experiences the most scarring experiences i found ha have happened in that dynamic and um I don't know. I guess there's like not an easy answer, but you're right. Even if just just in terms of like having a better night. I don't know. I can't not be 
the nervous mom about this one. Yeah. Because I don't know, I can't not be like, can you can't you just hook up with can't you just hook up with the people? If you need to hook up like immediately and you can't it just be someone you know? Which like <laughs> that that doesn't guarantee anything either, actually. But like or you know, literally I'm just trying to think of what else you can do. Like if you're gonna bring someone no. into your home, first of all, I have weapons everywhere. Second of all, <laughs> I let them know that I'm sharing my location. Mm. Let them know that you're sharing their information with somebody. I don't give a fuck. Let them know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not their information, but like your location. I'm letting my friend know um, or my friend's coming over later. And she always worries about me when I'm hanging out with somebody new. So I just have to let her know. And you can like roll your eyes at it. Like, oh, my friend's checking in on me. But like, let them fucking know. Let them fucking know. Buy a camera. If you if you have to do this, if you have to do this, buy a camera and have a camera and have it on and tell them it's live streaming to the president. Like, <laughs> like I you I don't I can't I don't know. It's really it's dangerous. There's no there's no like foolproof system. But the other thing is that like this is kind of like teaching kids that abstinence is the only way for um like to avoid STDs and, and unwanted pregnancy. Like they're going to have sex anyway. It's kind of the same thing. It's like, you're going to bring a guy home after one night of knowing him anyway. I know that. I'm very well aware of that because I've done that time and time and time again. So like, yes, be very alert. Do all the things possible to keep yourself safe. Um, But being, I guess I think the message is just like, you are taking a risk by doing that and you're going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the that's just the realistic truth about it. You're you're valid in feeling worried. It's good that you feel worried because it means you're thinking ahead and it means you're um, taking care of yourself and really thinking through your safety. And that is important. And you are right to do it. But I know you're going to bring some guy home, girly, and you're not going to have trust established yet. because It takes a long time to tr- to establish trust. And sex is fun. And, um, I don't know, like be on alert. Don't get too drunk. Don't do drugs. Don't do stuff that's going to impair your judgment even more. Like, um, really be discerning about it. If you like maybe choose, if you need like a really drunk night with somebody new or a really sexy night with somebody new, maybe like, and it's like very, very new first date or something, first hangout, whatever, maybe choose between them choose between oh like okay if we're gonna get drunk we're staying out yeah or like i have to or like i with someone brand new or like i have to have sex tonight i still am gonna say i do not i do not endorse you don't condone i do not endorse (laughs) and but okay if that's what you're gonna do i i take your point it's like preaching maybe abstinence only whatever people are gonna do it anyway and you want to support them like maybe then just don't be drunk and I, and I think the camera to the president and also like letting him know, letting the president know, take a picture of his <laughs> face with him. Yeah. Let the president know. Take a picture. <laughs> have him take a picture of his face with him holding up his ID and be like, I'm just going to send this to my mom. Hold on one second. <laughs> Put the fear of God in him. Put the fear of God. And guess what? The fear of God is in me. Basically, right. with any sexual encounter, I have a very I have a very I listen. I'm not I don't I don't to hear like sex is fun. It became fun wasn't it wasn't fun it was very dark for a long time i it i the president must be involved 
Yeah. 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 Um, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, but it's so much easier to say hindsight is 2020 and we're both in relationships and like, it's just so much easier to say from the position we're in now. So I really want to acknowledge. No, I said this when I was single. Mm. I was doing, I was doing risky stuff and I know yeah. all my friends are and all my friends were. So it just like is what it is a little bit. But, um, so I don't want to like fear monger too much, you know? I know. Um, but I also want to be realistic and give good advice. So it's a balance. But what was I going to say? Oh, when Caroline said, like, let them know that you're texting your friend, let them know that you uh, sent their picture to your best friend or whatever, you're sharing your location. In, I've never done that before, but I actually really like it. Um, I think if anybody has a problem with that, that's weird. Then fuck them, get out of my house. That you know, like, that's a red flag. Yeah. That's a red flag. So anybody that you're going to be hooking up with, like should be able to handle the fact that like you're a young woman living on your own and you want to be safe. And so this is the precautions that you're taking. And if they have a problem with it, then that's a red flag enough to be like, okay, never mind, See ya. Yeah. Maybe not sending them a picture. That part was a joke because I think a lot of people would be (laughs) uncomfortable with that. But yeah, like your location. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or like texting. My friends and I always like Kai is single and she'll go on a date and give me some info about like where she's going yeah. and what the guy's name is. And I, we have each other's location. And then she'll usually say like, I'll text you. If I don't text you by whatever time, then like check in with me, you know? And usually she does. And she's like, Hey, it's going well. We're still at the bar, like whatever. But it's just like, we have these little timestamps of like, okay, I'll send you a text by 10. If I don't, then check my location, text yeah. me. Probably everything's fine. Maybe I'm just carried away in the fun and forgot to text you. But like, let's just have these checkpoints. So that's another thing that we do. You know, once you're at your place, it's like there's only so much the guardrails are down. Yeah. And next up, I feel like a lot of these are about um, like love, dating and love. And I like that because, yeah, it's like kind of a theme. Um, it's the new year and people want to get better at doing this stuff. So one of the questions, one of the what to do's was basically what to do when you feel like it's so much easier for everyone else to find love. So this person wrote, what to do? I'm almost 26 and been single for four and a half years. I've only ever had a 10 month relationship. I recently got dumped after being with someone for four months that I thought was the end of a long wait for love. How do I avoid feeling that love is just not for me when it seems so impossible? Why is it so much easier for other people to find connection? (sighs) That breaks my heart, but I, I get it. And I've been there. I do find the 26 years old, like just a moment to pause and say like, you're still young and you still have a lot of time. And even if you were 36 or 46, I would probably say the same thing. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too late. And I mean, you're just so young at 26. I didn't, I didn't have anything figured out and I didn't experience like the depths of love that I have since then. Um, So that's just like a, a little reminder, but this is also, that's not to say this is like an invalid feeling, right? Like, I I get it. I've been there and I, it, it makes sense. Like your brain is logically like, oh, these people found it. Oh, I haven't. And it's been this long. Like, 
there must be something wrong. Like that's how your brain is trying to put together this puzzle of what you're observing in your social circles and about yourself. Um, I don't know what the fix is. Uh, do you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I was going to address not like how to find you love, but I was going to address that feeling. Yeah. The feeling. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes me. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. How to fix the feeling. Yeah. I guess, first of all, to me, sometimes there was this implied energy that um, people who were in relationships, there was like sometimes I felt this energy from people like they felt like they earned it. Mm. And I don't think that's totally true. Like there's things you can do to make yourself more open or to get your chances up um, or to work on yourself or to put yourself out there. But there's also a huge part that's just luck there's a huge part that's just luck of when do you meet a person that happens to fit really well with you i'm thinking about like that couple you know who they're college sweethearts and they got married and they've been together forever and they're genuinely a great couple and they met in college like they probably like maybe they're both really grounded and evolved and um mature but they also got really lucky that's just luck and i i um Someone else wrote in at some point. I think you saw the message. Someone else DM'd us about like, just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you're um, accredited to give relationship an advice. Expert at relationships. Doesn't mean you're an expert yeah. at relationships, which is something I completely agree with. Uh, I felt like sometimes I have good relationship advice and sometimes I don't. And it doesn't really have anything to do with whether I'm in a relationship or not. And yeah. I really resent the attitude. Um, from some people that like, because they got lucky that they can explain everything to you. I think it makes you feel more isolated, more down, more not understood when you're already lacking connection. So like, just know that a part of it really is a numbers game. And, um, I did things like personally, I did things to work on myself. Uh, and I also got lucky meeting somebody when I did. And, um, I don't know. Uh, like, yeah. also the idea that maybe love isn't for you, that's to me kind of like saying friendship isn't for you. It's like you have love. I bet if you look around, you can already see love and connection and partnership and commitment in your life and other areas. So, unless you're also like, unless you can genuinely say, like, I don't connect with any person platonically or romantically then this is not a true statement about you. Like you keep friend connections, you keep family connections, wherever you keep connections in your life, you're capable of connection. And the rest I think is a numbers game. They reference something about um, like having been in a four month something or other situationship, whatever it was, dating someone who they liked and they thought it was like the light at the end of the tunnel and it yeah. turned out not to be. Ugh. And I've been there. I have so been there. And I think what you have to remember is something that Caroline has said a lot and like really is true is that it's not personal. Like it's very easy to take that personally and be like, we were having such a good time for those four months and I really liked them. And like, if he didn't like me back or she, I don't think they specified, um, like, then it must be something about me what does it and it mean must be that about I'm me? unworthy of love and unworthy of connection. And like, I'm, I'm wrong. And 
maybe you weren't right for that person, but it doesn't mean you're not right for anyone. It's very easy to take that as a personal indictment of like your character and your worthiness of love and your ability to be in a relationship that lasts and all these things. But like, it's really not. It's just that person and their mix of qualities and expectations and what they were ready for at that time and all these different things didn't line up for you. But it's a numbers game. Like it doesn't mean there are so many people in the world. Like I hate the so many fish in the sea um, advice in a way because it's like not helpful. But at the same time, it's true. Like, OK, it didn't work out with one. Keep going. Keep trying. Keep seeing like it doesn't have anything to do with you. It actually has to do with them and the fact that they and you weren't weren't the right thing for it to last longer than how long it did. So I think that's really important to remember, but it's so hard in the moment to separate yourself from that rejection, you know? Yeah. Think about here. I'll put something in perspective. Like you and I both know so many people who I know so many people who met their partners way, way older, way later. Yeah. Maybe even at like traditionally really late ages. Um, And there is something to like, there's something to meeting your partner young. I think there's something special to that. And I think there's something to meeting your partner older. And I think you can be, um, you can put a positive spin on either. Um, Your circumstances are your circumstances. So if you're meeting them later, what I think is great about that is that I see those couples as being much more um, evolved in themselves, much more settled in who they are. And I think they have to work less hard long term to keep growing together in the same way Mm -hmm. because there's less change when you've met someone at 18 or 20 or 25 or 26 um you're going to keep changing more and it gets harder and i think you face more challenges in some ways um and the other thing i think about about like you know i met someone at um at 31 so five years later than you're describing and 31 i also don't think is old but five years later, th- think about what happens in five years. Sometimes when I'm thinking about timelines, uh, oh, my God, only have five years left. Think about what you were doing five years ago. It's like almost mm-hmm. impossible to remember. That is a long time, is a long time. And you have way older than 31. The, the other benefit about meeting somebody later in your life is that, like, I think it's hard when you're seeing all your friends doing their exciting things. Maybe they're all getting married. And that's really fun. Or they're all getting engaged. Or they're all having their babies or whatever they are. And that seems really fun and exciting and you're like but I want to have that well they're like getting it out of the way now they've done all the fun stuff and next they're just like raising kids or like doing the humdrum or just like like you know falling into the void together until they die you still you gotta keep those things like I'm not saying it's bad to meet someone younger but if but like the flip side is that you still get to look forward to all those things when everybody is going to be like if all your friends are getting married right now, like everyone's kind of tired of going to weddings. Everyone's kind of like, it's not that exciting anymore. And you can, you can throw in a relationship or a wedding if that's what you want or a celebration of your union uh, later on, you know, and you get to save that for later in your life. You get to savor it. Keep dessert for the end. I love that. Yeah, I've, I totally agree with you, but I've never found the words to describe that. So I really love that. I also think that if you have an attitude I think there's really something about mindsets and like the energy that you put out and what Mm -hmm. you receive back like not to get all woo woo and I have my criticisms of manifestation and like I know this is the type of thing take it with a grain of salt 
But I do think that there is something about like what you think about yourself, the narrative you have about yourself. We've talked about this a lot in the past couple of weeks and like what that then puts out into the world and then what you receive back. And so if you form this narrative about yourself and really start to believe it and wear it as your armor, that's like, I'm not worthy of love and connection and maybe it's never for me. I worry that this is going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I think you do have to find the part of yourself, and I'm sure it's still in there, that is, you clearly want love. So like, you're still open to it, but it's also like, allow that part of yourself to shine a little bit more. Like, it, just because you haven't found it yet doesn't mean that you have to quiet it. Like, I'm be the loving person that you are meet people with openness like have an attitude of like it's coming for me it's just not here yet like it there is something about shifting your mindset Mm -hmm. that will then start to like ripple out and have positive effects even and I'm not saying that you're gonna like get a boyfriend from that tomorrow but you'll just like be feeling better (laughs) and be able to like be around your friends who are in relationships and feel a little bit better about observing that and you know be be just more like looking for opportunity when you meet people saying yes to like go to an event where you might meet people like you just might be might be putting yourself in a better position to be open to love if you yeah. shift that mindset so yeah it's like easier said than done but once you get there i think you'll feel a change yeah anyway that's hard we'll give a kiss you deserve love Shifting from what to do is a little. This was a hot take submission, but I think it can be, it can be seen as a what to do. Somebody wrote in, just the words, when to burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of us. That's one of us. They are one of ours. Yes, they're they're cut from they're cut from our cloth. <laughs> it's a good. You know what? It's a really good question i'm gonna call it a question it's a good consideration (laughs) i revisit it often visit and revisit what do you revisit it for these days um i okay what are you debating burning down well this goes back to my i think maybe my watching of succession but i just sometimes feel like listen i've built this human being that is me who is so like (laughs) kind and accepting and warm and like doesn't want to offend anyone thank you good at Um, lifting was waiting for it yeah there's many great qualities about it we know we know all of them eyebrows and some of them we want to keep we want to keep the hotness we want to keep the eyebrows we want to keep the sex appeal obviously that oozes through this (laughs) podcast such a weird (laughs) word to use for that it's leaking out it's leaking um but I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, can we just burn all of this like nice person shtick down to what? Like, can I just stop? <laughs> can I just start being <laughs> like cruel? Like, like can I just <laughs> can I just actually say what I think? I mean, I think this podcast gives me a lot of space to do that. Like, uh, whatever. You can still be a nice person and have like strong saying. opinions or mean perspectives or be judgmental in certain sis- situations. Like all of the th- all of those can be true at once. Um, 
but I do have moments where I'm just like, let me just burn this all down. Let me just burn it all. be like the worst version of myself because that sounds a lot easier. Sometimes I'm jealous of people who just like fucking don't care at all how they make other people feel and if other people like what they're doing and there's something to be said for it. You know, it sounds like a lonely life. Sounds like a tough life. I mean, I don't want to burn my relationships down and I guess that would come with it. Yeah. Do you think about this question? Um, how do I think about burning it all down? Not, I guess not really. Sometimes I think about, <laughs> sometimes I think about blowing up my career. I was thinking it might have to do with YouTube or something. Yeah. Sometimes I think about burning that all down. Like, what would that look like? Like, let's play out this fantasy. Okay. <laughs> actually, like, <laughs> this is actually what I've thought about before. I'm not going to do this or maybe I will. And y'all can play this clip back later. But um, there's a YouTuber that a lot of people will know called Best Dressed or there was a YouTuber. She still is alive, but she doesn't make YouTube videos anymore. And she was like one of the biggest like YouTubers for the demographic probably that listens like young 20s, whatever teens demographic on YouTube. She was super cute, super charismatic. She did like fashion stuff. And I don't know. Um, I kind of, I didn't watch YouTube that much when she was making videos. I kind of found her after the fact. But at one point I was talking to my younger sister about this YouTuber best dress. I was like, oh my God, she's so cute. Blah, blah, blah. I love this. I love that. And my sister Julia was like, oh, do you know what happened with her? I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, she just one day disappeared. She just disappeared. Her presence from YouTube just disappeared. She's on Instagram and yeah. she's in the world and whatever. But one day she just, she was like millions and millions of followers on YouTube. And then just, she posted a final video, a final video that was like, I'm moving, moving apartments. Um, and she kind of talked how she was moving because she was getting stalked and, um, and, you know, whatever. Uh, and then just never posted a video ever again. It's been years. And she has iconically refused to ever address it. E ever. Wow. She, and she's active on Instagram and she's doing stuff. And it is funny because people on YouTube still will go on her videos, her fans, and be like, where are you? Come back. It's like, she's alive. She's living. You can find her on Instagram. Like, she exists. <laughs> she just, like, isn't doing this YouTube thing. Um, but she like so iconically, she's this young, young girl has refused to ever, ever explain or, or anything wow. about it. And, um, and we can like make guesses. Maybe she got overwhelmed by the platform. I can make a lot of guesses having been in it first person. And, and maybe it was something related to the stalker or like, I don't, I don't even know that it was. We make guesses, but we don't really know. And what she didn't ever do was like post an explanation video. And um, I can understand people getting upset by that. But on the note of like, you don't really own anything, anything like I yep. kind of think it's iconic that she just fucking disappeared out of nowhere. And it is it is like, I don't know if there's something like so ridiculous about it. And sometimes I'm like, if I just never posted another video again and just like continue to live my life and continue to be on social media elsewhere, it would probably cause some degree of like small yeah. hysteria within the small, you know, the smaller amount of people who follow me. But it's like it would imply all this mystery when there maybe isn't any. 
I don't know why something is just like, I'm not going to do that. I would never do that. Yeah. But there's something hilariously dramatic and mysterious <laughs> about it that I love. That I just love. Yeah. Yeah. That is burning it all down. That but is like burning in it all the down. Most, in the most like quiet, yes. measured yes. way. Like there's this whole, I feel like there's a trend on social media right now where people are making fun of the use of the word quiet. Like I think it started with quiet quitting, which was a whole thing at the beginning of the year. And then um, just like so-and-so celebrity, like quietly disses whoever or whatever. It's always like somebody's quietly doing something. Okay, nothing really happened. And we're just going to like project right. something. That's what quiet <laughs> right, right, is. Right. We're just speculating. That's what quiet is. But that's basically what this is. It's like if you just stopped posting <gasps> YouTube videos, everyone would be like Caroline Winkler quietly quietly dismisses herself from youtube or whatever because the space um, kind of loud yeah the amount that you can pro people can project things and i project things onto someone just doing nothing like when i don't get a text back from somebody oh my yeah. god the narratives i yeah. can project there so much louder and so much scarier than someone actually saying something to me um, totally so uh, to be clear i would never do this like i wouldn't ever do this but I do. I love something you about love it. it. I kind of yeah. love it. I think it's like something about it is so fun and creepy. There's also like, I feel like a lot of YouTubers try to do this and just content creators in general and even celebrities. But sounds like this girl mastered it. I've never heard of her. But just the fact that she never addressed it at all. Like I've seen so many YouTubers put up a video that's like my last video in all lowercase is their title. And they're dramatic about it. And then they come back in like a year or even <laughs> even Jay-Z, even like a huge rapper and mus musical name, Jay-Z, the number of times that he's said, like, this is my last album. That's and then he comes out queen. with another Talk about album. A drama queen. <laughs> drama queen. Like, but so many people do that. It's almost like so that there's more anticipation and excitement when you do inevitably come back. But just not saying anything like is your the last video. Thing ever. What's her last video? It's probably like what I wore this week, what I wore a week in the life. Her last video was an apartment tour. And then she talked about how she was moving. Something normal. And I think she did move because I think you can like see her in her parts of her in apartment on Instagram or whatever. Like, who knows? I have no idea if it was like a grand scheme by the time she posted the first video and maybe it was like a misdirection or maybe it was a red herring or maybe it was trying to throw somebody off for her safety. Like, I, I do think I think a lot of people are like, you owe your audience. Um, No, if you're if you're if your safety is being threatened, you don't owe nobody nothing. Or like maybe I would imagine much more realistically is probably like massive massive mental turmoil like that yeah. is kind of what comes with doing youtube i have found um psychosis at moments and like oh, if you're like nobody knows what she's experiencing she doesn't know it to me and um i think i would get it together enough to like let people know but i really don't judge her for doing that like i feel like i get yeah. it i think i love it because i get it <laughs> Shh, okay i wish i could remember the name there was a different YouTuber who I think did something really similar. And the way I know about it is because I used to watch a lot of Shane Dawson's videos. He was like huge, I don't know, five, ten years ago oh, on YouTube. And okay. now he's like, he still posts on YouTube, but I think he's faced a lot of like 
little scandals or criticisms and he's just kind of not become as relevant on the platform. But there was a time when he was like, like Mr. Beast levels, David Dobrik levels of like popular. And um, he did this whole like series. He got to a point where he was basically producing like documentary films that he would put on YouTube and he would interview or like follow a day in the life of other YouTubers who were a little bit mysterious or whatever. And there was some YouTuber and I was trying to Google it and I really can't find it that he did a whole series with like a three part series um, who dropped off the face of the planet. He and did the series after they dropped off or before? Yes. After like they had disappeared oh. from the platform and not addressed it and not said anything. I remember it was a girl who was like very like anorexically like frail and like definitely had, you know, was going through some stuff. And she dropped off the the platform and never said anything about it. And like multiple years passed. And then he, I guess, got in touch with her and was like, can I come and do a little docuseries about like what? happened and where Mm. you are and whatever and it was really interesting and compelling like just to hear all of the mental turmoil that she had been going through that like drove her to that point um so in a way she did come back because she she did explain his docuseries and then after his docuseries of course she started posting youtube videos again and being like this week is sponsored by (laughs) HelloFresh." like she's back to the platform as normal but anyway, I do find that really interesting. Like there's only a handful of people that just go missing completely. And it's funny because it's like they're not missing like they're, you know, like this other girl's like she's on Instagram. Like you can like the public can access her. But there's this feeling and it's hard to explain if you don't watch a lot of YouTube. But there's this feeling that like you live on YouTube. Um, and mm-hmm. I I can all at once laugh at that. Like, why would you think that way? But I also feel that first person with the vloggers I love, if they're not, if they don't put up a video, I'm like, are they dead? Are they dead? I know. And I'm a YouTuber and I know that like YouTube videos only caption a very small fraction of my life, but I feel that way too. So I do get it. It's like a, it's such a funny thing. Yeah. No, I felt this way last week. I think I mentioned like my favorite podcast took a week off the same week that we took a week off. And I was like, I don't have our podcast to listen to. I don't have Nikki Glazer's podcast to listen to. I feel lonely as hell. Like what, what's the deal? I, it made, it genuinely made me have a lonelier week. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain that, but usually in my apartment, I would have that on my TV screen or playing from my phone while I'm like doing the dishes or, Maybe I'm working, but I can kind of like tune in and tune out. Um, And I felt lonelier. And the para, what are they called? Parasocial relationships. They're so real. Well, because you know what it is. It's actually, it's more than just that. I think if your favorite YouTuber or your favorite like parasocial person disappears, it is a combination of your favorite show, like Friends. Imagine if Friends, they just like, stopped in the middle of the fourth season (laughs) and no one ever explained why there was never another episode and they never explained why and no one ever commented it and there was never another piece of footage and you could see the actors out in the world but they were just living their lives and no one ever commented or acknowledged this thing was a huge part of your life it's that plus one of your closest friends you're really attached to yeah suddenly you never hear from them again with no explanation it's both of those at the same time like either one of those is crazy so it drives people crazy and i understand why <laughs> i don't know 
Why yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a good way of describing it. Because it's so insane. It like it's fucking insane to lose those things. That would be insane if friends did that, right? But it's also kind of insane, and I know you get this, but like on the flip side, it's also kind of insane to expect like constant, consistent output from these people for years and years and years for as long as you I want know. it. But you, know you what stop I mean? thinking like, of them as people. You start thinking of them right. as characters or ideas or like I saw one of my I saw my friend Tessa over the weekend and oh, yeah. she is like the only other person who watches this one vlogger with me. And the vlogger is having a baby. And I didn't get to talk to anyone about it. And then I saw Tessa. And Tessa was like, oh, my God, Rachel Radke is having a baby. And I was like, oh, my God, I know. And then there was this weird moment where I was like, wait, we don't don't know know her. We don't know her. We don't know her. But what are you getting her for the baby shower? (laughs) Watched a full human life over the years. Like, that's why I do love vlogging. I love doing it. I love consuming it because it is beautiful. It's creepy in the way the Truman Show is, but it's also beautiful in the way the Truman Show is. Like, to Mm -hmm. watch a full human life in a way that I don't get to see my friends' lives, actually. I don't get to see my family members' lives that way. It's crazy. I don't know. I kind of love it. that's so true. That's so true. There are these vloggers that, like, I haven't watched in years, but I used to with my sister. Like, we were the only two people who I knew that watched them, and we would text about it. And sometimes, but I don't watch them anymore. I don't think about them. I don't even know if they're still on the platform, but sometimes they'll like pop into my head, like the name Juicy Star 07. She was like the original. (laughs) She was the original. Her name was Blair. I forget what her last name was, but her screen name was Juicy Star 07. And she was the original like makeup beauty guru vlogger person on YouTube. And my sister and I used to be obsessed with her and literally like, It'll be a Tuesday and I'm like at Target and all of a sudden in my head, I'm like Juicy Star 07 and I have to go online and check like, is she still on Instagram? Is she still on YouTube? I text my sister just the words Juicy Star 07. Like these people, like even when they're off of of whatever they're doing, they still live in your mind. You know, Um, it is it is wild. It is crazy because it's like watching. Like, think about, to me, I don't know. I can't stop talking about, like, why I love some vloggers. But, like, think about, because I also get the the argument of, like, why would you want to watch this? But to me, it's like, if it's good, and it's like a character, a person, sorry. If it's a personality, <laughs> you, know, whoops, you really Coming connect from with. Yeah. <laughs> our main character. <laughs> if, it, if it's a personality that I really connect with, and I love, um, it's like watching... You know, watching someone getting married and getting this girl getting pregnant. It's like watching Jim and Pam from The Office having their family, except it's real. I'm as attached yeah. to attached people are to fictions, and this one's real. And it goes on for decades. And I've got to watch them. The show has started when they were children or when they were a yes. teenager. And now they're a parent. Like it's so actually so crazy. And you can see what they put on their vlog but then you can also see later that day on their story that they posted that they were doing this that and the other like you have visibility into their life from so many different angles and like so many different snippets and moments that are day to day yeah and it's really it's also important to remind people like you don't know these people's lives like you see and you see 30 minutes of it per week or whatever it is but you feel like you do because the 30 minutes that you see are like 
really intimate in their home, running errands with them. And it's over time, like you're saying, like, yeah, it is such a weird phenomenon. It is so and it is so funny. Like, I'm so bought in. I love watching vlogs. I I need more. I've kind of like, I think maybe aged out of the vloggers that I used to watch. And I'm like desperate for more vloggers. This is why I'm watching Succession, because I don't have enough like vlog, vlog content to it's watch. Like <laughs> I would much rather watch vlogs on YouTube all day long than watch Succession. But here we are. Luna's, we're like um, screaming about vlogs for like 30 <laughs> talking about it for a long time i think i love vlogs i just think it's crazy the human experience and i think it's really really easy to dismiss why they're stupid and vapid and a lot of them are when it's just basically someone selling you amazon products all day but like that's what a lot of vloggers become because they're tired of being overexposed they're tired of exporting their feelings and their details and their privacy which i also get um Mm -hmm. But if someone can keep sharing those human moments, I think it's amazing. Yeah. This is just a peek into what Caroline and I talk about off the podcast. It's like, I mean, we talk about a lot of things, but a lot of it is like niche YouTube content creation stuff that like no one else cares about. And we'll just like I we said this a couple weeks ago when we were voice memoing back and forth, like we were just saying the same thing that we both agree with over and over in these voice memos just being like yeah and then convincing each other of the thing like preaching to the choir in the most exciting way (laughs) that is what so that is what this last segment on apparently youtube vloggers has been but just think of it as our internal chatter because that's really what it is made up of happy new year everybody thanks for being here this has been not for everyone find us on instagram at not for everyone pod the number four is in there not for everyone pod um you can find us on youtube just search the podcast or search that same username everything's linked in the description i'm jay-z debakey on instagram caroline is caroline winkler on youtube we want to send you all the kisses in the world here they are oh my god here they are let's do it real quick yeah, go for it let's do it one two three do all of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was hard that was actually difficult so hard. Actually- so stupid so hard to do when i'm laughing because my lips aren't relaxed yeah and i felt like i was swallowing a lot of air <laughs> let's do it again okay, okay. <laughs> Three, <laughs> i'm laughing so hard two. wait 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 wait, 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 wait. Right. <laughs> we can't look at each other while we do it i'm blocking the <laughs> okay yeah yeah don't look at me ready okay ready <laughs> Kisses. Bye.